Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. The setting was Boston, Massachusetts. The place was the famous Boston Garden. Fans lined up around the block waiting to get into the arena to see what they hoped would be the greatest regular season game in the history of the NBA. The date was November 7, 1959. It was only the 14th season of the NBA as a league, but this was a matchup that the public had been waiting on for years. The Philadelphia Warriors were in town to play the Celtics. The Garden had been sold out for weeks, all 13,909 seats. But more importantly, this was the first game between Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. The face value of the tickets were $2.50 each, but they were already being resold for $20 a pop eight times their face value. This was the hype that surrounded this game. This is what people wanted to see. Chamberlain was the unstoppable force, and Russell was the immovable object. Something had to give. This was the beginning of the rivalry between Russell and Chamberlain. And this is Basketball History 101. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today we bring you the story of the rivalry between the defensive stalwart Bill Russell and the offensive powerhouse of Will Chamberlain. We did a similar story back in episode 124 where I shared the story of the friendship between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. But today, I share the story of their rivalry, which began when Will Chamberlain joined the NBA in the fall of 1959, leading to that first matchup that I started the episode with. For Russell, it was his fourth season. For Chamberlain, it was his fourth game. Russell already had two NBA championships under his belt. Chamberlain had already scored 43, 36, and 41 points respectively in those first three games. Philadelphia fans hoped that the arrival of Chamberlain was going to end the Celtics dynasty after just two championships. Boston fans were honestly worried that that would happen as well. Russell had never had to defend anyone like Will Chamberlain. At the time, Chamberlain was the tallest player in NBA history at 7'1", but this story is not just about the first game that these two giants played against each other. This is a story of their entire 10-year rivalry. The 1959-1960 season was the first season that both players were in the NBA. Their rivalry lasted until Game 7 of the 1969 NBA Finals, the last game that they would ever play against each other before Russell retired. Now, in the first game against each other, Bill Russell held Will Chamberlain to 30 points and 28 rebounds, the worst game of Chamberlain's young career. Today, getting 30 and 28 would be considered a monster game. 
For Chamberlain, it was an off night. Russell scored 22 points and snatched 35 rebounds in that first game against each other, and the Celtics won by a score of 115 to 106. Every Celtics fan breathed a sigh of relief. Chamberlain was definitely a force to be reckoned with, but maybe the Celtics could still win consistently if they played as a team. But the two men could not have been more differing in their expectations. Chamberlain was destined to be one of the greatest players of all time since he was in seventh grade. As a 13-year-old, he was already six foot eight in height. While still in high school, he was already playing in organized games against NBA players and dominating them. Once, when he was still just 17 years old as a high school player, he was matched up against Neil Johnston, the reigning NBA scoring champion and Chamberlain made him look ridiculous. On the other hand, Bill Russell was destined to be a dock worker in the San Francisco Bay Area. As a high school player, he was not even considered the best player on his team. He made no all-star teams, no all-league teams, no all-city teams, no anything. As far as the experts were concerned, he was considered just a regular high school player. He was desperate to go to college and get an education and try to make a better future for himself, but no school wanted him. In fact, he was already working at the docks during the summer and sometimes on the weekends. In his very last high school game, a scout noticed him. The scout was there to see another player from the other team, but took a liking to Russell. The scout was Hal DeJulio, who had played for the University of San Francisco back in his own day. In his opinion, Russell was as raw as it gets, like he had never been properly coached, but what could not be denied was his speed, height, and athleticism. So DeJulio contacted Phil Wolpert, the head coach at San Francisco, and asked him to take a chance on Russell. And to Wolpert's credit, he did. And if I'm being honest about it, Russell was terrible as a freshman at the University of San Francisco. But thankfully, freshmen were not allowed to play on the varsity back then. So that gave him a year to work on his skills, and it did not take long for Russell to develop. In his junior and senior years, he led San Francisco to back-to-back -back NCAA championships. He was then taken by the Boston Celtics in the 1956 NBA Draft, and the rest is history. 13 seasons and 11 championships later, Russell is the greatest winner in NBA history and arguably the greatest defender of all time. Russell was a late bloomer, but like they say, it is not how you start, it is how you finish. Now, just as a quick side note, my alma mater, Santa Clara University, where I graduated in the same class as Steve Nash, and I was a student broadcaster for some of his basketball games. But back in 1955, Santa Clara's coach was a man named Bob Fierick, and he was aware of Bill Russell as he played just across the bay in Oakland. But Fierick never recruited Russell because he was so raw and underdeveloped as a high school player. But when I found out that my alma mater could have had Bill Russell, I nearly exploded. But in all honesty, nobody could have predicted the greatness that Russell achieved. So I will give Coach Fierick a pass on that one. Well, this is a good place to take a break, and I'll be right back with some of the classic matchups between Russell and Chamberlain. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. 
At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volponi, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now wherever books are sold. You know, within reason, garage sales, probably not. So go ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. Welcome back to the show and let us continue with the story of the rivalry between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. In total, they played 94 regular season games against each other and Russell won that battle 57 games to 37 games. They also played 49 playoff games against each other with Russell winning 29 games to 20 for Chamberlain. So when you add it all up, they played 143 NBA games against each other with Russell winning 86 to Chamberlain's 57. Their teams met in the playoffs eight times with Russell winning seven of them. When it comes to championships, we all know that Russell won 11 of them, including nine while Chamberlain was in the league with him. Chamberlain won two championships, including one while Russell was in the league with him. Now. If you're keeping track, during those 10 seasons that they were both in the NBA, they won all 10 of those championships. So let me take some time to compare the two players and their style. Bill Russell was considered the ultimate team player who made his teammates better. He was laser focused on winning every game that he played. Many say that Russell could not score, but that's not exactly true. I mean, he was no Kevin Durant. But the guy could put up 30 points per game if he really wanted. But he also knew that this would not be the best use of his skills. Russell thoroughly believed in putting each player on the team into a position where everyone could offer their greatest contribution to the team. In other words, why should he take all the shots when he had teammates who were better shooters, like Bill Sharman, Sam Jones, or John Havlicek? Russell knew that his greatest contribution to the team was defense, rebounding, and the outlet pass. So he poured all of his energy into those areas. Let Kuzi handle the ball because, well, who was better at handling the ball than Kuzi? And then create open shots for Charmin and Sam Jones, who were great jump shooters. 
You cannot win a chess match with all bishops or all rooks. You have to use the full complement of all of your different pieces working together to win a chess game. That is how Bill Russell approached basketball. From that perspective, Russell was a chess master. On the other hand, Will Chamberlain just wanted to obliterate every statistical category that the NBA had. In 1962, he averaged 50.4 points per game for the entire season, including his great 100-point game against the Knicks. He had a lifetime average of 30.07 points per game and 22.9 rebounds per game. His goal was to leave his mark as the greatest individual player of all time. That would be Chamberlain's legacy. But guess who won the MVP in 1962 when Chamberlain averaged 50 points per game? It was Bill Russell. That is when Chamberlain knew that the press and probably most of the fans were against him. Russell wanted team greatness and Chamberlain wanted individual greatness. And I have to say that both achieved their goal. Prior to Michael Jordan, many considered Chamberlain to be the greatest individual player this side of Oscar Robertson. He was known for saying, nobody roots for Goliath. I mean, he really had a complex where he felt that the fans did not like him simply because he was too good as an individual player. Many felt that he was ruining the game with all of his scoring. He read the newspapers and was very sensitive about what people said about him. He was constantly criticized for not winning more championships like Russell. Chamberlain's response was always that if he had Kuzi, Charmin, Havlicek, and the Jones boys for teammates, then he would have a bunch of rings on his fingers. In other words, Chamberlain's complaint was that he did not have the same level of teammates around him that Russell had. Now, the rivalry between these two men was not just on the court. In 1965, Chamberlain negotiated a new contract that paid him $100,000 per year, the largest contract in NBA history at the time. Very quickly, Russell renegotiated his contract for $100,001 per year. Red Arbach was more than happy to give it to him, and Russell was cackling all the way to the bank as he knew that he was making $1 more than Will Chamberlain. Their teams met in the playoffs a total of eight times, as I mentioned previously, with Bill Russell and the Celtics winning seven of those matchups. Now, I'll go through them real quick right here. In 1960, the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia Warriors four games to two. In 1962, the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia Warriors again four games to three. In 1964, the Celtics defeated the San Francisco Warriors four games to one. In 1965, the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers four games to three. And that was the famous Havlicek stole the ball series. In 1966, the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers four games to one. Now in 1967, the script was flipped and the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Celtics four games to one. Chamberlain had finally broken through and defeated his rival and moved on to win the NBA championship over his old Warriors team. Now in 1968, things went back to normal and the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers four games to three. And then finally, in 1969, in their final matchup, the Celtics defeated the Los Angeles Lakers four games to three and then Bill Russell retired. It was a career of frustration for Will Chamberlain. He always felt that he gave everything out on the court, but it was always Russell who hoisted the trophy at the end of each season, with 1967 being the one exception. So let us take a deeper dive into 1967 to see how Chamberlain broke through. First, the team had hired a brand new coach named Alex Hannum. Hannum had coached Chamberlain previously in San Francisco, and the two got along very well. He convinced Chamberlain to take his scoring down a notch in order to get more of his teammates involved in the action. Chamberlain agreed, 
and went from 33 points per game the previous season to just 24 points per game in the championship season. With better ball movement and scoring coming from multiple places, the 76ers were like a supercharged team. That season, they broke the NBA record with 68 victories during the regular season. They became a freight train that could not be stopped. Hannum basically convinced Chamberlain to play a more Bill Russell style type of game, and it worked. Now, over in Boston, Bill Russell was going through his first year as player coach. Red Arbach wanted to focus on running the team from his executive position and felt that nobody else could successfully coach Bill Russell other than Bill Russell. But it was an adjustment for Russell. Sometimes he got so locked in as a player that he missed the big picture, like substituting players in and out of the game. He once forgot to give Casey Jones a break and left him in for the entire 48 minutes. He needed some help from the sidelines. He enlisted John Havlicek as the unofficial assistant coach who would yell instructions from the sideline where he could see the entire game. So, to the combination of the 76ers getting a new coach and a new system, and Bill Russell still adjusting to being the coach of the Celtics, it made for a ripe opportunity for the 76ers to end the Celtics streak of eight championships in a row. And they did. It was the one time that Chamberlain defeated Russell when it mattered. Chamberlain always said that the best team he ever played on was the 1967 Philadelphia 76ers team. Later, the two men had a real falling out when Russell questioned Chamberlain's commitment when Chamberlain did not play the last five minutes of Game 7 of the 1969 NBA Finals. Chamberlain had suffered some sort of a knee injury and asked out of the game. He let the coach know once he was ready to return, but the coach would have none of it. The coach could not believe that Chamberlain wanted out of the closing minutes of Game 7 with the championship on the line. When Russell criticized Chamberlain about it later, he did not realize that a reporter was in the room taking down notes on everything he was saying. Chamberlain found out about Russell's comments in the newspaper, and the two men did not speak to each other for years. Eventually, they did mend their friendship and regularly gave interviews together through the 1980s and into the 1990s. When Will Chamberlain died in 1999, Bill Russell eulogized him and called Chamberlain his friend. The one thing about the rivalry is that it made both men better. They brought their A-games when they played against each other. Nothing else would be acceptable. Now, even though I have titled this episode The Rivalry, it was never that for Bill Russell. I would like to finish with a quote that I used back in episode 124, but I think it is worth using again. Bill Russell once said the following. Well, and I were not rivals. I tell people that, and they say, what are you talking about? We were competitors. You see, in a rivalry, there's a victor and a vanquished. He was never vanquished. And so, we were competitors. Sadly, both men are now gone, but their legacies will live on for as long as the game of basketball is played. That is the story of the rivalry, or rather, the competition between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. Join us next time when we share the story of Billy Cunningham. He is one of the members of the NBA 75th anniversary team, but often forgotten when we talk about the greatest players of all time. He not only played on a 76ers championship team, but he also coached 
a 76ers championship team. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, and check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the football history dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.